for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. This is Shannon Hatch, and you are listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. Like a homeless man trying to change his life. Hello and welcome to the Green Room, brought to you by Amazon. You can live tweet the show at Green Room Show. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, here's your host, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on latalkradio.com. Thank you for tuning into the show, or thank you for downloading the program. We do live every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. Just a quick reminder, we're being brought to you today by LegalZoom. LegalZoom, of course, is the leader in online legal document help. You can log on to LegalZoom.com, enter green in the checkout box, and you can get an extra Green Room discount. Trademarks, patents, wills. LegalZoom can help you out with just about anything. My little helper, my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Sean. All right. It's a great view from the top. Yeah? Yeah. What's, what's a great view from the top? Our show? Because we're atop the ratings. Oh, yeah. Atop the download charts. Top of the ratings. We got a new place, which is pretty sweet. Yep. Logan, of course, is talking about, if you're not up to date with uh, Logan and I's personal life, we're roommates. It's, it's not just an on-air thing. It's not some bit we created for... To entertain the podcast audience, we're in fact actual roommates, and we moved out from our place in Burbank to our new place in Silver Lake. New place, of course, has a pool. We're pretty much moved out. Still, still have a couple things left to clear out of the uh, the old place. But moving, man, moving is such a burden. Yeah. And you know, especially that place. Right. And. <laughs> I've been living in this place. Other people have lived in the place over the years. I've lived there the entire time. Uh, you know, it's the comedy garage, so we had to clear out the entire comedy garage, which if you're not familiar with the comedy garage, we had uh, you know, a monthly comedy show there for years, tons of uh, goofy crap on the wall, basically like a TGI Fridays for potheads, just yeah. you know, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. random just random posters. Kitsch. Yeah, I mean which really, kitsch just means trash. That right. kind of looks good if you put it on a shelf. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's trash. It's, you enjoy it ironically. Or, oh, hey, that's funny. A big boy's. Uh, oh, a ceramic of Bart Simpson. That's yeah, delightful. Ceramic um, Marvin the Martian. Okay, that's funny. We'll keep him in the garage. Badminton rackets that I wailed away on with as an air guitar. That's funny. But it's all funny and it's all cool sitting around there until you have to clean it out. Oh. And you're just looking at all this stuff and you're like, oh, God, what do I. What do I do with these? <laughs> what do I do with these Nerf bullets that were here from a Nerf party we had six months ago? You know, obviously just, we kept those, but yeah. <laughs> right. Obviously, <laughs> obviously we're not gonna throw out the Nerf bullets. But there's just tons of random trash or people that have lived there over the years that just decided to leave stuff there. Eight people have lived there. <laughs> And yeah, you're one of them, and you've stayed there the whole time. Right, exactly. So there was uh, old people's mail has been left there, you know, entertainment carts just strewn about the backyard that we got to throw out. So not only am I throwing out my stuff, I'm throwing out stuff of people that I ha- haven't, you know, like one guy lived there four years ago, and I'm throwing out his old computer monitor <laughs> and George <laughs> oh, Foreman girl. Oh, shit, dude. Did you throw away an Apple computer? Because that wasn't mine. That wasn't yours? No. What do you mean? 
I mean, someone let me use it for a while, and then I just left it in the garage, and they, they wanted it back, they said. But oh, they okay. Like... Well, they can get it at the electronic recycling center. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, shit, man. Oh, well. What are you going to do? I was also like... going to ask you about the volleyball. <laughs> oh. Oh, I might. I think I gave the volleyball to Casey. Why was that yours? That was mine, yeah. Oh, well, it said Kiafa on it. So I didn't. I oh no! Then was... that was a different one. Oh okay. A blue one. With no name on it. <laughs> the audience is sitting on the edge of their seats. Wait, what happened to the volleyball? Why'd Sean? Why'd uh, Sean throw out Logan's volleyball? Well, I was so... gonna bring up the volleyball, but I thought that was even funnier that you gave away the computer. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a piece of crap computer that's been sitting was, in the back man. there for years. So. And that guy kept saying he was gonna pick it up, and he never did. And it's like, what do you want me to do? Just keep it forever? Right. My house is not a <laughs> is in a pile of papers that you can just throw your paperweights of garbage on there and expect yeah. me to hang on to it for the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, it is annoying. Just cords everywhere. And it, it's overwhelming. I don't know how people move with kids involved because we have a dog and I guess I should have timed it better or whatever, but the dog got neutered on Sunday and then we're moving on Tuesday. So the dog has his stitches where his uh, genitals used to be and he's not allowed to lick them. So he has to wear a cone around his head. And then <laughs> the entire day is just spent, the dog is running around with this giant cone on his head, just slamming into your legs while you're trying to move an entertainment center. <laughs> I, my back's about to go out. The dog's running out the built door. He I don't know how people... this attitude like, oh, if you're going to put this cone on me, then I'm going to cause a ruckus. <laughs> well, right. The, the dog went through a, uh, he definitely went through a few phases on the cone. First it was... Oh, my God, this is awful. I never want to wear this. Well, no, actually, first it was like, oh, my God, I'm shamed. Why do I have to wear this cone? So he just would tilt his head all the way to the ground and just look at yeah, the ground. Yeah, he thought he was in trouble. <laughs> he looked like a really – it just looked like it a sad, sad lamp, and he was just sitting there. <laughs> he was just sitting there, and then finally he eventually got used to it and started walking around with it, got his head up and started started getting used to it. And then by the next day, he was totally embracing it and just was using it as like a battering ram to just smash <laughs> into people and – things I, yeah. I don't think the cone slowed him down at all you know they put the cone on the dog the, the idea is oh hey he won't lick his stitches it's funny as a kid i always thought i always thought the cones were for dogs who had uh who are hard of hearing so that like the cone oh, would God, that's the cone would reflect the volume <laughs> or something and I, it does pick up the volume a little bit better because the first couple nights he was just kept crying so I would yell into the cone be quiet and then it would like ricochet <laughs> off I could tell that was really that was really getting in the dog's head <laughs> really enjoyed that man we got an amazing show Logan yes, not to do. not to just uh, you know not not that we're just bullshitting here on the air but we do have a great program for you we have actor comedian Dominique Purdy. He's a super hilarious dude. I knew him from uh, way back in the day doing stand-up comedy. He's become a successful actor. He was in this uh, this movie, The Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down, an independent film. I think it was on uh, – it got released a few different places. I think it was on Showtime. And the director and writer of that, Paul Sapiano, him and Dominique will be coming in later talking about their new film, uh, Hollywood Sex War. So we'll be getting into that later. Logan, the uh, today, of course, is the 2011 NFL Draft, a big day in the world of sports. But, of course, the NFL is kind of locked out. It's it's real ambiguous. The the, the judge in, in, involved in the case lifted the lockout, but it's not completely lifted. It's, it's still up in the air as to what's going to happen with football. It's looking good, but... So what is it? Explain. What's the lockout? I actually... Well, basically, the... the <clears throat> Is it a, like the a, the agreement between the union and the owner, 
the NFL owners, oh, okay. they decided to lock stoppage. out. Yeah, they decided to lock out the players, saying, "Okay, we're not." Basically, they couldn't come to an agreement on how to divvy up these profits. So, long story short, the draft happens, and the commissioner still has to come out and address the fans that are there for the NFL draft. Which I went to the NFL draft, I think, two years ago. It's really boring. I mean, I love football, but yeah. to actually s- sit there at the draft. You're just sitting there, and all these sports nerds are walking around. It's it's not really that exciting. I mean, maybe the first round, and now I guess they have it at night, so people are getting really drunk and stuff like that. So maybe that was fun. When I did it, it was like the Sunday afternoon. It was like the late picks. It was just a bunch of sports nerds hanging around, typing away on their laptops. It wasn't that <laughs> exciting. But this is uh, the NFL commissioner. It just happened a couple hours ago, walking out to address the crowd at the 2011 NFL draft. Needless to say, the crowd's a little angry. <laughs> First off, it's so funny that how do you expect did, did did he normally get cheers? Of course, why would he not? Why would he not always get booed? He's the NFL commissioner. He doesn't do anything. No one has trading cards of the NFL commissioner. Like, oh man, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be NFL commissioner. Yay, commissioner! He's just some tool that wears a suit that was a lawyer. <laughs> But the visual is is worth checking out because he's still waving to the crowd and the crowd is just angrily booing him and he's he's like what you know he the must voiceover read... was pretty great too yeah it's everybody welcome everybody w- it does like the total <laughs> announcer was welcome to the 2011 L- NFL draft we'll bring out the commissioner. <laughs> He's smiling ear to ear like some dopey. You know, we, you're getting booed. At least acknowledge it. Come with your head. That's what I love hey, about that, Japan. You know what? They're all that much into his company. The Logan, NFL. that's what I love about Japan. You know, when they when that reactor went down, the the, the press conference of the people in charge of that, uh, that power plant, their heads were uh, they bowed, they hu- right. they hung their head. <laughs> yeah, they're probably they're probably BS artists like the rest of us or whatever. Yeah, they but did, but at they least did turn they turn out to lie about a lot of shit. Right, exactly. They're probably shady people, and they, they probably covered up safety things or or probably cut corners to save money, whatever. But at least they put on the facade of bow, head down, I'm so sorry, where's the sword that I can fall on? <laughs> the, the, the commissioner walks out here like nothing bad's ever happened to him. I hear you. Yeah, the guy is still smiling, still just still enjoying the uh, in the entire draft experience, acting like like nothing has ever happened. And uh, yeah, it's 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 hilarious to see that actually go down. And uh, we actually got Dominique and uh, director Paul, I think, are going to be coming in. This is a uh, this is a song from the new movie, from the new movie Hollywood Sex War. So I'll. Uh, let you guys take a listen to that, and we'll uh, be right back in just a second. There's a war going on every night in Hollywood.
right, that's a little uh, sample of the track Hollywood Sex Wars, or off the movie Hollywood Sex Wars. I guess Dominique and uh, the director Paul will be on in a little bit, so we uh, got a couple of minutes here. I'll finish up uh, what I was talking about with the NFL draft. But the the point is with the NFL draft, at least acknowledge that that bad stuff is happening. Or you know, he he. I love his I love his just attitude that oh yeah everything's totally great. I I couldn't. That's how you get to that level is you never act like anything's wrong. Right. I mean, yeah. Have you seen Donald Trump recently about oh, the, God. like him talking about the birther thing? Yeah. First off, you watch <laughs> Logan. I know you're a diehard celebrity apprentice person. Yeah. <laughs> how how can he fire Latoya Jackson in his show but not fire these people that he had in charge of getting to the bottom of Obama's birth certificate? And they didn't exist. He makes things up like that. Like he <laughs> right. makes things up all the time. It's well documented that he'll tell he'll say things on TV regularly like, "Oh yeah, I make a million dollars every speaking engagement I get." And I watched a report on that, and it's like he's never <laughs> yeah. made a million dollars at any speed. Well, first off, he'll never run for president because he'll never actually disclose the amount of money he makes. This is all just right? complete yeah. media hype. And then this is what aggravates me. People go, well, you know, you're talking about him. You're just buying into that media hype. How low is your self-esteem? How desperate are you for attention that, oh, okay, hey, everyone call me an asshole. Hey, that's exactly what I wanted, man. That's exactly <laughs> what I want. I just want people talking about me, man. I just want – yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, yeah, people want to talk about me, man. That's well, all I'm doing. I'm an entertainer, man. People are talking about me. Yeah, we're calling you a jerk. <laughs> you know, Sarah Palin. Oh, that's what she does. That's what she does. She just creates controversy. How desperate are you for attention? Like, I'm know. not. Sarah Palin makes me angrier than Trump because Trump is a TV guy. Like, he's never really been given any, uh, I don't know, like legitimacy. I mean, he is. He was ranked number one in the Republican ticket at one point, but I really think that's right. not. No. I don't. I don't think that means anything because they're. Well, you know, it's 2011. Here's, here's what it means: is that it these means, other it people, means people only know his name. They right. Don't know these other, other people, names. Mitt Romney, uh, Mike Huckabee, Sarah Palin, they know those people, but they're the the real candidates for the Republican Party aren't campaigning yet. So Donald Trump realizes, hey, this is a great time. Get my name in the paper. Yeah, he's but not going to be Newt Gingrich. Like, he's not going to, you know. <laughs> right. I understand the idea of, hey, I'm in the media. I want to get my name out there. But why do – what – what gene do these people have where they don't – it doesn't matter whether or not it's good or bad? I wish I had that gene. But listen, <laughs> Logan, I, I, I don't – I quote-unquote don't care about what people say about me. Obviously, <laughs> obviously everyone cares. That's, that's one of the yeah. – it's a completely false statement. You Obviously, people care. I don't live my life to appease other people. But, yeah, if everyone calls me an asshole – I think that about hurts. that. Yeah. that okay? if, Maybe it's not them if it's everyone. Yeah. Right. I respond to critical feedback. If everyone's saying, hey, this part of the show sucks or, hey, don't do that or, or Sean, uh, you know, y- you get angry or, or, you know, whatever it is. I think about it. I at least process it. Whether or not I can change my own tendencies, that that's yet to be seen. But I I just but I you wish you don't wave and smile like yeah. You're I right, wish yeah. I, <laughs> Logan, where do you get this gene? Is it just some sort of confidence juice that you can just drink and turn off the ability to even? It's like Kanye West or whatever. He, well, I guess he wouldn't even be a good example because he does seem to get really bothered when everyone told him like that Taylor Swift thing was bad. He really, that really seemed to get to him. Yeah. Like that seemed to be that was the breaking point when he was like, "All right, Kanye, maybe <laughs> imagine how bad things are that 
you have to have the entire country turn on you before you actually have an introspective look at yourself like, oh, maybe I'm not the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if you can really gain power if you don't have that. It, I don't even know if it's necessarily a gene. Some people can do it better, but I think it's something you can also learn. Like, I just I've observed that everyone who's a boss or of power or managing something like they always put on a facade, which doesn't trick everyone, but it tricks most people into just thinking, okay, I should listen to this guy because he knows what's up. Yeah, well, there, I think there is something to uh, I think there is something to having confidence. Obviously. Confidence helps you, and yeah, you you kind of do have to take an alpha male role and kind of lead. But like George W. Bush, for instance, every okay. it's safe to say the vast majority of citizens are unhappy with him, or at least the majority. Okay. Uh, but he still had to work for like two more years with with uh, approval rating of like 30%. I mean, he still had to do his job, so there's no point in him, you know. I mean. Actually, I don't know where I'm going with this because I kind of <laughs> wish because I kind of wish that he was more honest with people like when he was president. But at the same time, I understand why he kind of pretended that everything was great because you have to you have to push forward. And there are people that do have faith in you. You can't let those people down. Not that I'm saying Trump or any of those celebrities are in the same position, but they are in power. And that's how they got there. Speaking of power, Logan, the most powerful man in the known universe, Superman, in a recent Action Comics in a recent uh, episode or whatever you call it, issue of <laughs> Superman, he he rescinded his U.S. citizenship. Superman, my buddy uh, Matt Sullivan tweeted this out, and I saw it on the news. He rescinded his U.S. citizenship. He decided that he's no longer going to represent America. He, he's thrown away his U.S. citizenship, and that's fine. I don't I don't follow Superman. I'm not a uh, I'm not a comic book person. But I, I do find this crazy that that he's going to rescind his U.S. citizenship. It, it seems like it seems bizarre, and and I love the idea that I love the idea that okay, hey, we're just gonna. It, it seems like the the people who wrote the comic book are just trying to throw in their kind of left wing politics, like hey, check this out, or you know, oh hey, we're trying to we're trying to pull back the curtain on this. Here's what here's courtesy of Yahoo News. In the tale, Superman is reprimanded by secret staffer for appearing at a nonviolent protest in Tehran against the Iranian regime. It's then that he realizes he doesn't represent the USA. He's on Earth to protect everyone. So why would Superman be in a nonviolent protest? I don't understand. I don't understand why he's rescinding his U.S. citizenship. All right, we're gonna listen to a well, little he's, bit. He's absolutely moral, right? I mean, even if even if he has the chance to kill a murderer, he won't do it. Because yes. he believes in the American justice system. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. Never right. mind. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one of the direct quotes. It's truth, justice, and the American way is no longer enough for Superman. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> oh, my God. That's a real quote? Yes. I was out of the room, by the way, folks. All right. Yeah, Logan, Logan had to take a step out. He brought in our guest, uh, Director Paul Sapiano. Paul, thanks for coming on, man. You're welcome. Yeah, feel free to uh, <laughs> yeah. get up on the mic there. Right on. Now, uh, Paul, give us a little bit of uh, your background. Where were you born, Paul? I was born in uh, England okay. a long time ago, but right. uh, I'm an American citizen now. Yeah, and uh, when did you come over to America? USA number one. Mother yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. See, I see, 
Yeah, 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 definitely. USA number one, motherfucker. Yeah, there you go. See, I appreciate. I like how that. you lowered your volume. Like that would have been okay. Well, you can you can curse, dude, but I just only. I this building like 30 seconds ago as I sit here. Who are you got? What? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But you only only in hushed tones. Yeah. So yeah, so you came over to uh, England? Yes, I wanted to be a came movie director, and uh, you know, if you're serious about that, you got to do it in LA, really. I mean, right? what's the point of being the best director in Estonia? England, yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you come over to America, you come out to Hollywood. When was the uh, first? When was your first film? What was your first the thing first that kind of breaks through? I did was uh, the Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down. Okay. Um, and that was done with Dominique. Here yes, I saw that. I uh, would like to welcome. Welcome on to the program, Dominique Purdy. Dominique, yo, yo, thanks yo. for coming on, man. I've known uh, Dominique a real long time. Sean Green in his house. Yeah, man. What's been happening? Oh, man. You know, still trying to get out do some stand-up comedy, hanging out with this guy over here. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about, I remember it was a few years back, I think maybe 2006, something like that. You were in the Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down. Very yeah. funny movie. I went to uh, one of the screenings, really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, no, it was a great time, man. Oh, man, we're going to do some more stuff, too, man. So, yeah, describe, uh, Paul and Dominique, describe uh, this next uh, film you're working on. What's it called, Hollywood Sex Wars? Well, we've actually finished Hollywood Sex Wars. Okay, so when's it it coming out? It's, um, I don't know exactly when. We're still working on a distribution deal. Uh, Got had some some interest, but uh, towards the end of the summer. Okay. That's out. That's out. That's cool. All right. Now now give me the what is the premise of Hollywood Sex Wars? Well. Oh, you want me to do? You looking at me? <laughs> yeah. Like, you do it. Well, basically, it's like three guys. He's got a better voice than me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like three guys that kind of hipsters, kind of like you know dorky, not getting the type of girls they want. They want the top notch, you know, very shapely, right? Good looking, hot chicks, and uh, so they get schooled by this guy who's their neighbor. He's like a a bomb vivant got that word from this guy right here <laughs> and um you know he you know tells them to cut the hair and s- smooths them out you know so they can get the type of girls they want and it's versus this club of girls called the tob the tiggo biddies club okay that's all the girls that know how to use their sexuality to get with oh want, okay you know? all right so the, the premise is these guys they get together they kind of form a, a band band of brothers looking to go out conquer the hollywood mm-hmm. chick scenes and then the girls are they kind come of up against back. a greater opposing force the yeah. cob it's a gang of 12 girls who you know the kind of girls are in hollywood i mean they're not exactly prostitutes but they will fuck you for a 450 right. dollar pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they, they work around it yeah. it's not directly yeah. there this club yeah. they how they look out for each other and they use this collective sexuality <laughs> to you know i'm glad he yeah. just dropped the bomb so now i know it's cool to Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Right. We already had that. Yeah, I mean, you, I was going to, oh, well, you can let me know about the bomb, fuck shit ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut loose, man. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> all the girls in this club have to have uh, fake boobs. Oh, okay. To get right. into the club, you have to have. And uh, Do you have a lot of experience with uh, with women in Hollywood? Now, the position of director, do you get a lot of women trying to hit on you or, or trying to approach you, you know, to get well, roles did, in films? First of all, how did these auditions go? Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, no. so your question. Yes, I do, but I don't think it's because of my because I'm a director. I think it's my, sure. ch- my cheekbones, and the, <laughs> the scorpion tattoo on your neck. You <laughs> it's very well put together. And he used to have his badass car, man. It was like a big. What was that? A Cadillac. No. Yeah. no, everybody has this idea that these auditions just come in and, you know, you're cute, you only suck my dick in the bathroom and then maybe I'll give you right. that. It really is so not like that because you're so petrified. I mean, I, before I did movies, I did commercials and, you know, the sexual harassment lawsuit is just a, sure. a, a couple of kisses away, isn't yeah. it? So, 
Um, yeah. Really, when I when I go in, get away with one kiss. When I go into audition for commercials, I can tell you the sexual tension is just not there. You expect like, hey, this is an Arby's commercial. You know, things are gonna get hot and heavy, and it just never does. <laughs> Lick some barbecue. Sauce yeah, exactly. Off All seductively. I think there. you have to wait until after the film, after the project, and then. Yeah. At the I red carpet. Yeah. Right. Well, that, there you go. Then you've <laughs> already, you've already but kind it's of. But as a performer, you know, I'm a writer director. Sponsored so by well. Arby's and shit. <laughs> the after party. So now, Dominique, what have you, what have you been up to, man? I know I've, I've seen you around doing stand up. I, I feel like I haven't seen you around in a long time. <clears throat> Not a goddamn thing. <laughs> You, you. I feel like everyone in the in the comedy world, or whenever I see people from the old days, everyone's like, "What's Dominica been up to?" I'm like, "Well, he was in this movie. I know yeah. that. I know he's around. I know he does like random art projects." I feel like you're described as an enigma a lot. <laughs> is that is that something you're intentionally trying Chappelle. to culture? Not, not exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's really hard for me to do some things that are corny, you know right. what I'm saying? So when I'm in there, and it could be, well, shit, if it was up to me, maybe I could have been like Nick Cannon a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I would have just, di- just listened to somebody and say, just do this shit. I know you feel like you're tap dancing, but so what? Just do this shit. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's me just saying no to a lot of shit. I like, I'd rather deliver pizza, which I'm what I'm currently doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, the, the industry, I, I tell myself that. They called your bluff. They're like, all right, you can do that. <laughs> hey, look, man, you want to do this million-dollar movie <laughs> and you want to get your tap dance on? No, I think I'd rather go deliver pizza. So <laughs> well, I just remember hearing stuff like, oh, yeah, you know, I got I got offered this thing or something, but it's lame. And I'm like, oh, man, I would do that. I could make some money. But I always I – always, I always admired that about you because it's like yeah. you were – I mean, even early on knowing you, I think you were probably like 18, 19 years old yeah. when we used to go into this uh, bar all the time, Marvin Mary's. Oh, Marvin Mary's. We go way back. I still got my T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Marvin Mary's used to be I've, – I've talked about it on the show a few times, but it used to be this hole-in-the-wall bar, like literally a really, really awful bar yep. in Culver City over by the beach, and it was this old kind of – old uh, big man named Bino and he would just <laughs> I, I don't know how it Classic. came to I don't know how it came to be just one day he decided saying all right every night I'm just gonna do comedy here and he would come he would open it up at six o'clock he would turn on the microphone and he would just run this open mic for like seven hours and oh people could just get up get and up keep again, getting up free popcorn wow. and shit right? yeah we have you two met Huh? Yep, that's how you two met. No, actually, we might have met before that, but you know, going to Ha Ha Cafe and stuff like that. Right, going but, to all oh, these little spots yeah. all around town. But you know what's crazy? A story at, at Marvin Mary's. Uh, <laughs> I remember like I was just getting into this guy so bad one night. They like came to rush the stage. Cornell was <laughs> yes. there. He got up in front. And I had I was tape recording my set, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so I got on tape. These guys like ruffling and tussling <laughs> and like attacking me. And Bino brought out this like pole and like slammed this pole up against the bars. Like you guys don't get out of here. He threw like three guys out. <laughs> He was like, you know, like a bar Batman. You know right, exactly. He he it was, was kind of like, he was kind of this grandfather of this open mic comedy scene. And yes, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> the guy was gonna start. He just had a random like lead pipe behind yeah. the stage and was just ready to go into action and defend us. Yeah. Because he was man, just that crazy. committed, and it, it never made any money. It was just the idea of, hey, we're doing comedy here. We're just gonna keep doing it, and and eventually, I think it just got uh, it got bought out, and then they flattened it. And now it's just a, a big empty parking lot and and, and a lot of memories. Yeah, yeah man. But uh, yeah, that was a good time. So now, when did you start doing comedy, Dominique? Uh, I know you started pretty early, right? You grew up in yeah, Los yeah. Angeles. Yeah, I started doing like maybe when I was 14. That was the first thing I did. It was like impressions, you know, just doing all crazy impressions and shit. I think the first time I never even used my voice. 
Really? You know? What was that? What was like the early act? Give us. A, oh man, I don't yeah, even. Yeah, let's hear this. I didn't even. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know, the one thing I remember that was like, uh, one of the main things that was different. It was Chris Tucker on Star Trek. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying, you know, what's up with all these faces, man? You know, shit, like, and like, uh, you know, there was like, uh, Bill Cosby was in there, of course. Every okay. black person, as soon as they're born, they, they, they teach you how to do Bill come Cosby. Come out of the womb. Well, the they, they, they spank you and you just go, oh, it's Jello. You can't do a Bill Cosby. You know what's Jell-O. crazy? I remember uh, going to the comedy store when I was uh, 16 and they wouldn't let you come in unless you were, you know, of age. With an adult. Yeah, and Bobby Lee was emceeing and they found out I was 16 or whatever, so he was cool. He, he was like, you know, let him do a set and then he'll go back out after. And when he saw I could do like random impressions, which I was getting kind of bored of, so I right. got to come come out of it. But see, that's what I like about you. At 16, you're already like you're already examining your artistic credentials. You're already <laughs> evolving is, as an artist. This is so blasé. This is so passé, man. Am I am I fighting the system or am I just a cog? Am I just Hilarious. a part of it? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, man. He was. I remember he was trying to tell me you should just do people that no one does, like Delroy Lindell. It's like, <laughs> who, is, who is that? that uh, okay, he's bald-headed black guy. I, I think he's on the uh, Chicago Code now. Oh, okay. That guy. Oh, man. I've never heard you of know, that guy. You know, that's what I'm Chicago saying. Code. That's some random. <laughs> and it's kind of like, I would love to do that, but then people be sitting up there like, who the fuck is <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Like two motherfuckers. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> you know, I just want people to know, what what do I think about? What is some shit about me? And then, you know, I'll throw that in there. If, you know, I could use it for topical jokes, you know, because I could pick up the voice. Yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, kind of use it as a kind of a tool in your arsenal, not necessarily yeah. exactly what you're kind of trying to do the entire time. Exactly. Now, Paul, how did you uh, come across Dominique to put him in your first film, The Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down? And uh, what about uh, Dominique's acting ability made you want to put him in the film? Well, the other guy wasn't available. And, uh, <laughs> uh, no, it was. It's really funny. It was supposed those two roles, the two stoners. It was supposed to be two Hispanic brothers. You know that kid who played uh, Vote for Pedro? Okay. What's his name? Yes. Ramirez? Yes, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't know the name. Oh, okay. yeah. But he's got a twin, identical twin brother. Do you know this? Oh, no. I didn't and know I was that. Friends yeah. with Were you trying to pull brother. a bow finger? <laughs> no. And, and I, seriously, I've been out with this dude. And, you know, we picked up some chicks. And he was pretending to his, his twin brother. And it, it worked. <laughs> hilarious. Um, but then, you know, he was into it. But his, his brother wasn't. And so we had to cast the role. And, and he came in. And... Um, it was at the callbacks. He sat through. We couldn't really afford a proper studio, so we had like this room with like a little curtain, and you could easily see what everyone else was doing. The the guy there was only a few guys that had made it through the final. He did his audition. The guy after him was our second favorite, and he heard what he did. He's just like, <laughs> dude, I don't even want to do an audition. Give it to him. <laughs> He's comedy gold. I'm gonna ride his coattails. So wait, that was out. that was your audition. Your that audition. Was, when I when I went in, you tried to turn that one down too. And it, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. You know what's funny? What's crazy is I remember uh, the morning when I went to the audition. Uh, I woke up at somebody's house. We probably got really high that night and you know drunk. I remember I slept on there. I woke up like super early. Remember I had to go to this audition. You know, so I went there. And when we got when I got in the room with him, he actually said, "So I don't know if you read the script or not. Well, you know, fuck that. Let's just <laughs> yeah. we'll do the scene and then." You know, just we're at a party. I'll tell you what it is, and then we'll just go. And then I remember saying, I remember some shit about Mr. Belvedere popping up. I don't know how we. <laughs> Mr. Belding. Uh huh. Mr. Belding. Mr. Belding. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't remember something about that. Yeah, Mr. Belding's oh, actually yeah. in the film. He's yeah, in the Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down. And the, the principal shit. from Bobby. Fabio is in Hollywood Sex Wars. He's our uh, 
He's our new star. Okay. He's kind of like the crazy cast. Now, Paul, what what about <laughs> you did the Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down, which is kind of a comedy, or I mean, it is a comedy, but it's it covers a lot of different kind of scenes of people partying in L.A. and basically a how-to to get down. This movie is very similar in, in things. But maybe more uh, of a sexual thing? No. Well, kind of. They're using sex as a weapon in various intricate ways, you know, okay. ab- abortion, extortion, and such. Now... <laughs> what about what about the Hollywood scene kind of drew you as okay this is a good subject for my filmmaking what about it inspires you to make because films? you see this all the time you see these girls with a sense of entitlement you know they're just too fucking cool for they're school. too cool for school is and this kind you see, of you're settling their hash yeah and then you see guys you know who all want to be with them and you know I used to go to the bar called the Burgundy room a lot and you'd meet girls and. <laughs> You can see his, his, head, his head spinning and he's he's like going over all these stories and which ones he wants to talk about on the radio and which ones he no. thinks are totally no, off limits. Yeah, yeah, anyway, we have the beautiful Jackie Holland just outside. Okay, there. yeah, you want to you want to bring girls. Jackie yeah, in? I will. In the meantime, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. He's going to tell you about the Candyland sweepstakes. You ever want to go sure. to the Playboy Mansion? Well, what, what's the Candyland sweepstakes? Uh, on the on the Hollywood Six Wars website. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 talk about this. I guess you got to go to the Hollywood. Sexwars.com. The web. <laughs> I know. I'm really committed. I guess you gotta go there or something. Yeah, I don't know. I guess if you want a trip to Playboy Mansion or something. <laughs> yeah, so at Candyland Sweepstakes. So you can go to HollywoodSexWars.com and you know. So if you're listening to the show right now, you can go to HollywoodSexWars.com and you can actually win a chance to be at the Playboy Mansion. Paul, just real and, quick. And mingle with beautiful women such as uh, Jackie Holland here. Okay, Jackie, come on. Uh, yeah, Jackie, grab a seat here. Pull up the microphone. Okay. So you were saying. Oh, so, yeah, just explain the uh, the contest real quick, Paul. Do you just have to send them Go your information? In, you register on the website, and um, you uh, – <laughs> oh, we lost Dominique. All right. Register on the website, and uh, – that we're giving away free tickets, so there'll be a sweepstakes. How draw. many how many people can win? I believe it's two. I was two people. You, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. No, no, I'm just saying that that's cool. So, but you, it is the Candyland party the Playboy Mansion. This party. Okay, well, so well the Candyland party, it's gonna be awesome. You go to HollywoodSexWars.com. Uh, yeah. It sounds awesome. I've never. Have you ever been to the Playboy, Playboy Mansion? Mansion? Yeah, many times. Okay. Well, Jackie Holland. Uh, it, Looks like someone who might fit in at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> a uh, beautiful blonde. Jackie, describe to us your role in Hollywood Sex Wars. Okay, so in Hollywood Sex Wars, I played the character Courtney, and I was in the TOB club, and I was like uh, kind of a newbie. Okay. And um, then I fall in love with like um, one of the main guys, and the girls do not want me to be with him because he's not super rich and buying me everything. And he's, you know, not – I need to be with the girls and in the club. So that's the conflict. So they sabotage her relationship and uh, and draw them apart. Okay, so your your whole thing is, hey, I'm, I just want to – I want to use guys, but then – you're a woman, and you can't help it, and you fall for one of these guys. Have you uh, done that in your real life? Do you ever get into a situation where you're like, oh, man, am I am I just what using this question. guy? <laughs> no, no. Answer that I mean, without we, incriminating yourself. We can, we can paint it in a positive <laughs> light. But do you ever get yourself – you're a very beautiful woman. Do you ever find it hard to say no when guys are offering you stuff like, hey, I'll take you out. I'll buy you shoes. I'll buy you $450 pair of shoes. And then you're like, oh, how do I say no to these shoes? I don't really like this guy. Describe describe those decisions for a woman like yourself. Yes. 
So that is a very difficult problem in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> you can and, just move a little closer okay. to the mic, sorry. No, but it, it definitely is. There, There is a lot of um, guys out there, usually older gentlemen, that want to offer you anything you want. And, um, yeah. See, I don't, I don't have that strategy. <laughs> I offer you a beer or nothing. <laughs> it's like, uh, I can offer you anything you want. I can't deliver on it. What, what kind of crazy offers have you gotten from older guys? What's kind of the most bizarre thing a guy has ever offered to give you for just any sort of your attention or time? Well, okay, I went out on one date with this one guy, and he um, wanted to go to Greece the next day. <laughs> the next day? Pretty much. No, so wait, just, just to clear things up, going to Greece is not a euphemism for yeah, some sort of act, right? He was actually <laughs> he was actually offering you a trip to Greece. He was, yeah. To the Isle of Lesbos. Now, how do you how do you say no to that? Uh, you know, he was really he boring. <laughs> now, that's got to be in – got to be – I, I, that's that's a whole new level of boring. How boring was the guy? Give me you know, what kind of questions did the guy ask? I feel like just by offering to take you to Gracie, he's not boring. Hey, I want to know what this guy's into. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't know. We just we didn't have that much in common, and um. Okay, now you're a very beautiful woman. Now, when you say we don't have things in common, like I feel like. You, you know, what are you looking for in a guy that you would have in common with? Like, I feel like, hey, I watch sports, I hang out, I got to do this, do that. What would we have in common that would we, you know, let's say we went on a date, just theoretically. But what would we have in common? Like, what are you looking for as a woman? When they, You know, I just feel like what I hear that missed? phrase, we, we have in common. What are you looking for? I think, like, a sense of humor is everything. Like, a guy's got to be funny, got to keep my attention, and got to be interesting. Got to be quick. Yeah, okay. I have ADD, so <laughs> <laughs> got to be on his game. Now, where did you are you uh, where'd you come out from? Uh, Cincinnati. So you came out here from Cincinnati. How old were you when you came out here from Cincinnati? Um, I was almost 23. Almost 23? Mm -hmm. And uh, how was your experience out in L.A.? Did you feel... You feel like, hey, this is it, this is my thing, or do you ever think of maybe going back to Cincinnati one day? Never Cincinnati, but, you know, sometimes it crosses my mind. I'm like, ooh, Albuquerque. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you can see yourself <laughs> setting up a pottery studio in Albuquerque one day. Is that maybe, the dream? Maybe, maybe. I've been wanting to make these uh, self-motivation paintings, so that's like my <laughs> favorite Self-motivation? <laughs> that doesn't sound sounds, like a moneymaker. This sounds awesome. You couldn't be bothered. <laughs> okay, no. Please, please explain this to me. What is a self-motivation <laughs> painting? This sounds hilarious. I, you know, they just motivate people. <laughs> okay, oh, no, so. that's good. I thought you meant they just motivate you. Like, you paint it, and then you look at it, and that's well, your that's, job. Ideally, because no one's going to buy them. So, like, oh, yeah, no, it'll be my self-motivation painting. All right. So, okay, give me an example. What? Now, I'm just... I don't understand. Sorry, I don't. I don't understand this concept. So, like a self-motivation painting, would that be like for me? It'd be a picture of I don't know a guy throwing a touchdown, and then I Somebody see that. Somebody being real productive. You know? Yeah, for sure. What for would sure. be some examples of what you would see in a self-motivation painting? Well, I wanted I wanted to do one with like cool words and a collage, and it'd be like, if you're not having fun, they're not having fun. <laughs> Right? So that motivates me oh, okay. to like kind of like those set around like those idioms like you know, yeah Dale Carnegie type stuff. Okay, cool. Like those now, Paul, Paul, you seem like a pretty motivated guy. What do you what do you got coming out after Hollywood Sex Wars? What's the next project you're working on? We are writing the Boys and Girls Guide to Marijuana right now. Okay, I mean, marijuana is everywhere, and this is going to be a really funny film. Sure. Um, just uh, you know, so many weed films, the stoner films, they're just so dumb. 
you know, oh, exactly. yeah, but smoked a bunch of weed, we got the munchies, and we giggled. You know, it's it's so much more complicated. It's so much I think more you're describing Harold and Kumar 1 and 2. <laughs> well, just, well, you know, your highness, whatever, Pineapple Express. I mean, yeah, it was all right. But, dude, stoner, you know, stoner heaven we live in. We should have a funny stoner movie, something irreverent, something dark and twisted. So you're, you're, so you're what, kind of – That's I, what we're writing right now, and that's I think that's going to be my next project. Now, do you are you writing this with a partner? Is it just with you Dominique. Oh, okay. And uh, another guy called Greg Sudley, who also uh, helped me write Boys and Girls Guide to Getting Down. Oh, okay, awesome. Very, very is, funny man. Is this your third film based in L.A.? Yes, it would be. Well, this one's in Humboldt, too. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, up in Humboldt County. Yeah. I've actually been up to Humboldt, which they describe as kind of the weed capital of the world. Mm-hmm. And you go up there, and you're like, oh, yes, it, it is. You're up there <laughs> in this in the uh, the Redwoods. It's a uh, very beautiful, very serene place. And it's just a bunch of laid-back people that grow weed in either the national forests or they grow it in their backyards. It's a very, very laid-back environment. I remember I went to... Uh, with my buddy Cornell, who's also a stand-up comedian, we went to a couple of these uh, festivals that they have on there called Reggae on the River, which is a huge reggae festival. And you're out reggae there. Reggae and Humboldt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because you think of you think the of reggae, you think storm. of yeah, you think of Jamaican guys, uh, jerk chicken, <laughs> that kind of thing. But now it's just all these white hippie people hanging out, waving Jamaican flags. So we've we've come a long way as far as that's concerned. Right on. Do you want to uh, – can you go bring in Doc, uh, yeah, Dominique? I will get Dominique. Sure. After I say HollywoodSexWars.com. Hollywood Sex Wars, man. HollywoodSexWars.com. We've got to build a buzz. And uh, why not the buzz? Yeah. I've uh, I've never been to the Playboy Mansion. Have you ever been to the Playboy Mansion? I have. Now describe it's to the audience what it's like, what you can expect if you would to win the uh, sweepstakes. Okay, so when I went, I was it was like a lingerie party, so I was in my underwear, and pretty much everybody else was in their underwear too. So um, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that kind of party could be thrown anywhere. I, yeah, but there's I mean there are so many just like beautiful women there, and there's some there's a ton of really good food and like alcohol and. I remember I like I I was like partying with the twins and doing okay. shots of tequila. It was fun. Now when you say everyone's in their underwear, you mean all the girls, right? Yeah. Um. But um. I think like guys are you know they try to be like half and wear like a robe or a robe. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm just trying to imagine if I want a a a trip to the Hollywood or the Playboy Mansion, what I would wear. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I don't have a nice enough robe. I don't know. Dominique, get on the mic there. Dominique right, Purdy back up? in studio. Dominique, what would you wear or what would you do at a Playboy Mansion party? Like, it sounds really awesome and I really want to go, but I know me personally, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I would just sit up to the side you know, and I, try to soak it in. I wish I was one of those people that could just dive in and just be like, this. There's probably, you know, like, since there's a lot of celebrities there too, you know, you probably want to wear something that even they're probably going to remember. It's like, you right. know, those dudes wearing around his turkey costume. <laughs> yeah. You know. How do you stand out at the Playboy you Mansion? Know, I mean, unless there's any rules or anything, maybe you could, you know, cut out. That part around your wiener, you have that. Out. I mean, people are gonna, people are gonna remember great. that. Just having conversations, you know, just like, you know, right. I mean, think about it. There, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they wear tube socks on stage for one show, you know, and so? it becomes an urban, it becomes legendary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's got to be memorable if you're gonna do something. So then you get invited back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The guy They're like, oh, we got goblin everywhere. We gotta bring that guy back. <laughs> now, Dominique, what's uh? What's life like on the film? Have you you're you're hanging out? Uh, you know you've done these two films. It involves a lot of partying. 
or that's what the film's about. Uh-huh. Has it led to uh, any uh, on-screen or wait, off-screen romances? Have you have you met any uh, girls in this? I mean, not really. I mean, mostly it's probably led to nights with me hanging out far, getting high and drunk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's it, you you meet <laughs> friends, but it's it's harder than it than people think to close the deal on the set. I mean, yeah, yeah. On on a set, I think that's like. Depends. I don't know what goes on behind in secrecy, you know what I'm saying? But usually me, I'm just chilling, dude. You know, <laughs> I'm just on the set chilling. And you know, it's funny uh, when people see the movie like The Boys and Girls Guy, they saw that one. It's interesting. I'll be on the bus. I might be on the bus, you know, hanging out, you know, using the public transportation. Somebody sure. might recognize me from that and say, what are you doing on the bus? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to go to work. <laughs> Yeah, how do you how do you answer that? Do you just say, "Hey, I'm going to work." I'm... Yeah, or, or I'm just like, you know, just trying to get some work too, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then whatever whatever I'm they doing, they must that... think like, "Oh, DUI, that's the yeah. only way." You know, whatever I'm doing at that moment becomes super interesting to them because uh, whatever, uh, what book you read, man? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what, they know you as that. What character. kind of water is that? <laughs> they know? know you. They know you as that guy. Now, the the, uh, the person that you play in this film is it a continuation? Is it similar to I the mean, guy character you played in the first film? I would say, you know, you know, pieces of the personality is there. It's like it's pretty. It's different because the other one was more like an instructional. So they might rewind the scene and say, "Let's start this over," and this how you do this, right? You know, this one more is like a like a story. It's not like gonna be as much probably pop-up graphics and things like that so it's different it's like you know it's more of it's like, more it's more of a complete story right exactly now i know you're i know you're very quick-witted i mean that's the thing that i always enjoyed about your stand-up very you, i think you're probably one of the most relaxed stand-ups i've ever seen there when you're that's up there yeah. no i'm just saying when you're up there people are like ah oh, i feel at ease i think other people they can really sense their nervousness and the tension kind of like, oh, man. Right, now, it's right. like I think an audience, as far as stand-up comedy, is kind of like a dog. Like When you're up there and you're fearful, the audience like smells oh, that. Yeah. It's they, like if your captain knows what he's doing to steer the ship, you know, you can trust him. He's like, okay. Yeah, even if he know. doesn't know, as long as he pretends to exactly. know. Exactly. Which and, we were touching on earlier. And right? I tell people when they want to start doing comedy, you just got to think of yourself like an NBA player. Kobe's not on every fucking night. Right. Some nights he sucks. But when the next game comes, they're going to be like, let's see how Kobe does tonight. Yeah, or they're even – They still like him, you know? That's a, that's the crazy thing. You think, oh, my God, I'm Kobe Bryant. I, But it's still like, oh, hey, I go three for 17. But when he takes that 18th shot, he still thinks it's going to go in. You kind of almost have to will that into yourself. All right, yeah. Which is – which the unique thing about stand-up is that generally stand-up – or people who get into comedy or get into stand-up – don't have that killer instinct or killer gene to begin with. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have ended up in comedy. Like, if you had that killer instinct or gene kind of right. early on, you'd just be the man in business or the man in something else. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? That's There's a reason you kind of ended up in comedy is because you, that gene isn't prevalent. You right. almost have to create it yourself. I know what you mean. Exactly. Now, I know you're good at improvising and stuff like that. Was How loose is the script? How, how loose do you guys shoot the film? Oh, uh, well, there's like... In, and the last one, it was, like, all loose. Like, it was just like, yo, Dominique, you remember what it's about? Girl, I'm just talk some shit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to cut it up. And I was like, all right, cool. Now, this one is my, since it's more of a story one, there's specific things that need to be said, you know? Yeah, like specific to, things to move the story. Yeah, on. exactly. So, you know, maybe I might phrase the way I say it. You know, I might be saying, oh, well, we're not going to be doing this. I might be like, we ain't going to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, like give that. it a little dominant kick. Yeah, and then also, too, like, if, you know, we're going on, I might just throw some stuff on the end. I'm always just going to do that. And then he might tell me, yeah, I like that word. Hey, man, don't do that again. <laughs> don't do that again. You know, and that's and cool because I can be honest with him, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, I can't be, you know, I can't be self-conscious and say, oh man, the director said I, he didn't like that part. Now right. I'm gonna just pout and right, because that's like, what oh, happens. You might like... feel, you might feel scared to like do something because like they don't like an idea, but it's like. You just got to work together. I could be like, nah, man, don't do that. <laughs> that shit is corny, yo. You know? yeah, exactly. I'll tell him that, too. So it's like, it works good. Right. That, that's a, yeah, you're never afraid to call things out that are corny. Pretty sure everybody that. felt the ease on there, right, Jackie? Like, working with him, he's like... Oh, he's so easy to he's, work with. He's chill, dude. Now, Jackie, what kind, of, uh, what kind of other stuff have you worked on, Phil? Or, like, what kind of other projects um, have you been involved in? I've done a, I've done a bunch of films and um, some TV stuff. And I'm actually working on making my own film now. Oh, okay, cool. What's yeah. that about? Um, it's about um a killer in a retirement home. It's a comedy horror. That sounds <laughs> that hilarious. Wait, a killer, <laughs> a killer in a retirement home. Is it just like, is it just time? Is <laughs> 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 just a clock just no, no, ticking no, no. away? No, that's the excuse that they use. But now. Yeah. Is it that I always found that story? Did you guys ever hear that story of uh, the cat that would uh, that would jump like at a retirement home? I guess there was this cat that would just wander the halls, and I guess once the cat like sidled up against you, then it, it turned out that you would end up dying like the next day or something. <laughs> to the point that when the cat came up to you, they would call like the person's relatives and be like, "Well, the cat said you're gonna die." I, oh I just my think that's god! A- I think I did hear about that. That yeah. is hilarious. Dude. That would be a funny cat to have around your house and just like, hey. "Oh yeah, he's the cat that predicts people's death." Hey. You're like petting him. Oh my that god! That would throw a twist on the movie right there. Exactly. I know. Let Six it be sense. cat. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was crazy. All right, guys. Well, it sounds like a uh, it sounds like a fun film. I really appreciate you guys having on. Oh man, or coming on the program. Me. Man, I was yeah. so surprised when I was like, "Oh, I'm going to Sean Green's show." I'm like, yeah. oh, cool, man. <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to Paul on the phone, and then uh, he, you know, he, he talks up to the side, and he's like. Hey, Dominique, it's your buddy, Sean Green, from Comedy, <laughs> yeah. way back. He's like, and you're like, Sean Green? Word, man. All right. <laughs> I was like, oh, that'd be That's great like to see. That's like dead on, too. Great to yeah, I know. I, I remember eating some spaghetti chili at Sean's house, man. <laughs> you know, over there at the Comedy Garage. Yep. Classic, dude. Yep. Comedy yeah. Garage just wrapped up. We got a new place. We were, we were hitting on that earlier. Oh, the house is gone? Yeah, well, oh, the, the, wow. the landlord moved back in, but. We're know, officially we, moving out. Completely. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, get out. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's gonna have no idea what went on there. <laughs> oh well, my God. maybe next month some people just randomly show up for the comedy party. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had, we had one guy who would show up on Sundays uninvited just to watch like football. <laughs> oh my God. And we, we're waiting to see if that happens. We, have, we haven't told him we, that we've moved yet. So oh, we'll see. That's we'll hilarious. see if he catches on to it. That's pretty hilarious. So Dominique Purdy, Jackie Holland, make sure you check them out. HollywoodSexWars.com. That's the website you go to. I want to take. I'm sorry. Thank them for uh, coming in, as well as the director, Paul Sapiano. Logan, you want to wrap things up with a haiku? Absolutely. Moving really sucks. (laughs) Abortion extortion, huh? Geezer, killer, cat. All right, thank you everyone for listening. That was hot. Oh man, it's a good way to let me guess haiku one day. That shit was hot. One day, man. I didn't know. I caught on it. I was oh shit. It wraps up the entire show, and I want to thank you guys. I really appreciate you coming out. We do it live every Thursday, eight o'clock on latalkradio.com. This has been the Green Room.
listening to The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and subscribe to the podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Green Room Show. Also, own or rent our new movie, The Comedy Garage, at thecomedygaragemovie.com. What do you